Hey, I want you to know this. It is awesome to see you guys tonight. I know it's Wednesday. I know it's been a long day. Y'all agree? I know, but thank you so much for coming and taking the time to be here tonight. Uh, I just really mean that. Uh, it means a lot that you're here. I'm glad that you're here. A couple announcements for us before I get going. Uh, one, if you weren't here Sunday, uh, we did, uh, we have prayed about it for months and decided to hire Jennifer Walker uh, to take Paul Dunbar's position. She is uh, going to be uh, added to our team as a kids director. And so she is going, she works for the school system. She's going to honor the rest of that contract, which is, is right. Uh, so she'll be coming on part-time until June, the 1st of June and then be added full-time at that time. So if you see her, uh, let her know, give her a hug her neck, and tell her to be praying for her. She's going to need it, I promise you. Uh, and then don't forget, this Saturday, Spring Forward. We love this one, don't we? Yeah, it's kind of a downer just announcing it. Turn your clock forward Saturday. If you don't, you show up at 11, we'll, be, we'll meet you on the way out, okay? I'm just letting you know, because that's what happens on this one. And then uh, Preacher covered uh, the dropping of some missionaries and adding just as an encouragement. Uh, that keeps us right at 116 missionaries, uh, Bible colleges or orphanages that we support monthly as a church. If you don't currently give to the missions, I encourage you to do that because that's where the money comes from to support 116 different missionaries and mission projects. So uh, just continue to do that. Uh, as we continue to, to do our best to be mission-minded. You know, I was thinking, uh, he mentioned the, the missionary that we support that has a missionary called out of that church now going somewhere else. And, you know, somebody, somebody was the first person to come to Artesia with the gospel. And then look where it's gone from there. So that's, that's what they're doing there, and, and we want in on it. You know, we want to have a part of it. So uh, I read about a man who had a habit of grumbling about the food his wife placed before him after she cooked. Yeah, he would, he would gripe about it, something negative, something that wasn't right. And then they would bow their head, and he would say, God bless this food. Well, his little girl was sitting there, and, and, and she heard this enough. So she asked her dad one night, Dad, does God hear us when we pray? And he said, well, of course he does. And the little girl said, well, does he hear us when we don't pray? And he said, well, well, yes, he hears that too. And then she asked him, she goes, well, which one does he believe? <laughs> I read about a little, a little boy. A uh, teacher asked a little boy, said, Johnny, tell me frankly, do you say your prayers before you eat? <laughs> Johnny said, I don't have to. My mom's a good cook. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, I read this about it during a drought in uh, Scotland. A Scottish preacher named Dr. Guthrie prayed for rain in the morning service. He just prayed for rain. And then that evening as they got ready to go to church, his daughter ran and got the umbrella. And the pastor, preacher, godly man said, why are you getting the umbrella? And she said, because you prayed for rain this morning. Don't you believe? I thought, oh, ouch. The mouth of kids, right? I mean, that's just the truth. Um, D.L. Moody said one time, he's an old-time theologian, preacher. Uh, he mentioned one time, he said, if I had the choice between a church that had a great knowledge of the Word of God or a church that understood the power of prayer and, and did it, he said, I would choose a church that understood the power of prayer. That's interesting. And I have to agree. Now, we want both. I get that. But if you had to choose... 
We've been covering a series on Wednesday nights uh, calling Breakthrough. And we're talking about having breakthrough prayers or having a prayer life uh, that, is, that is powerful and effective and, and that we're confident in. And they're online. I'm not going to, I don't, you know, I'm not going to cover them again tonight. What well, we've already covered, we've had three so far. Uh, they're online if you want to go catch up on these, these uh, sermons. Last week, we did talk about how to pray a breakthrough prayer. And a breakthrough prayer is different uh, than, you know, God bless today. A breakthrough prayer is very specific. So go back and listen to that if you, if you missed that one. Uh, Ruby came up to me as we were greeting, and she said she was reading Deuteronomy 6 and 7 or 5 and 6? 5 and 6. And, and she noticed that Moses prayed a breakthrough prayer for the nation of Israel and recognizing that. And I thought, man, that's good because I hadn't even thought about that passage. Uh, so it's a, it's a different kind of prayer. Uh, so go and look at that. Tonight, I want to I just present to you and talk about how to pray with confidence. How to pray with confidence. The, the definition of breakthrough is when God does a miracle. When he miraculously solves an unsolvable problem in our life. That's what we're talking about in this breakthrough series. There are, there are some problems that honestly we can pray for. Uh, and God may ask us to do something that he puts us, involves us in it, uh, that we have a part in the answer of the prayer. A breakthrough prayer is one that is, it's unmanageable, it's uncontrollable, we have nothing to do with it. Only God can step in and break through whatever the situation is. And I want to say this as I get going tonight. God did not bring you here to Faith Baptist Church during this particular season while we're studying on how to pray breakthrough prayers by accident. Do you know that? You're not here by accident. God wants you to get this. He wants you to hear this. He wants you to grab a hold of it. He wants me. He didn't have me study this and present it just to, for you. It was for me. It's helped me a ton again and just reminded me of things. You know, never once in the Bible, and, and I challenge, go read, go read through it with that question in mind. Never once in the Bible did the disciples say, Lord, teach us to do miracles. Never once does it say, teach us to heal people. Teach us to do spectacular things. Teach us how to, to see you do great, great things, Lord. Teach us that. Not one time do we find that in the scriptures. Instead, the one thing they asked Jesus was, Lord, teach us to pray. Why of all things, when they could have asked Jesus to teach them whatever, right? They watched him for three and a half years. They could ask him for, for a lot of things. But they asked specifically for, Lord, teach us to pray. I believe... It's because they saw the power of prayer in his life. They saw the importance of prayer in the life of, of Jesus. And they wanted in on that. So I want you to get this tonight. In your notes, you ready? You can write that. I didn't, well, I may have. No, I didn't. But you can write it in there. Little prayer in your life means little power. Little prayer in your life means little power. That makes sense, Right? Get this, no prayer in your life means no power. No prayer in your life means no power. Say, but God, I, I need you to move here. God, I need to, you to answer. I, I, need, I need you to step in here, God, but there's no prayer. There's just a little bit of prayer. Well, guess what? That equals a little bit of power or no power in our lives or seeing God move. The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And the truth is, if we're honest, then most of us, see if you're with me, most of us, not real confident in our prayer life. A lot, you know, it's this, it's this weird thing that we're supposed to do, 
We're supposed to talk to this, you know, being that we can't see and, and share everything with him. And there's different ways to pray. And so have you ever been there thinking, man, I know I'm supposed to, but I'm kind of confused about it. I don't know what to pray, when to pray, what to pray, how to pray. Uh, it can be very confusing at times. It, you can be filled with doubt when you're praying. You ever, you ever prayed and asked God to do something, not believing he's going to do it? You ever been there? I mean, I have. <laughs> it's right. I know, God, I'm supposed to ask you to do this. I know, you're, I know I'm supposed to ask you to step in, but in the back of my head, I'm thinking, you're not going to do it. And we talked about that two weeks or three weeks ago. So here's what I want. I want to encourage you tonight on how to be confident in your prayer life. Because confidence is huge. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That's talking about being confident in our prayer life. Going, going to the throne of God in prayer with confidence. Not holding back. So I want to take just a few minutes tonight and hopefully help us tonight to take some worry or some doubt out of our prayer life. Am I doing it right? Am I saying the right thing? Am I, am I approaching it correctly? We're going to hopefully alleviate all that tonight. I want, I want us to be confident. I want you to walk out of here tonight knowing that you can be confident in your prayer life because it's that important. Luke chapter 11 says this. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now a couple things here, this isn't our text, but a couple things here. It was interesting to me, they had said, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. This is something that is taught, and I don't think we necessarily at times have done a good job of this. We teach it, we need to pray. We preach it, we need to pray. We remind everyone we need to pray. We, we may pray together corporately, but have, we, have you ever been taught how to pray? I mean, Jesus, they said, Jesus, teach us, as John taught his disciples. And then here's what I want you to get. This, this was a, a shocking statement that Jesus made here. Because when he said, when you pray, basically say, our Father which is in heaven. Up to this point in history, nobody prayed our Father. It just didn't happen. They called him a lot of other things. But Jesus said, I'm here to tell you that when you pray, you are to call God Father. To approach him with that mindset, that heart, that intimacy, Call him Father. See, if you understand this and grab a hold of this, it's going gonna, it's gonna to probably change the way or hopefully change the way you approach prayer. You're going to pray more confidently. You're gonna, not going to worry about it. So go to Matthew 7 tonight. That's the text we're going to work through. And as you're turning there, I want you to know, in prayer, it doesn't matter what words you say. You say, well, I, you know, I, I shared a couple weeks ago, I, I remember hearing or when I first started coming to church and, and we used to call on people to dismiss in prayer and they would pray. And, and man, it was, you know, <laughs> I was going, oh my gosh, I didn't know you could talk like that, you know, and say those words or I didn't even understand half the words they were saying. And, and, and I, I remember thinking, please don't call on me to pray. You been there? 
You ever been in a small group or uh, before the meal or something and, and say, hey, we're going to bow our heads and pray. It's like, don't call on me. Don't do it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go there. But uh, what I love is this. If you're, a, if you're a person of few words, doesn't mean you have to pray a long time. God doesn't expect you to change your, your, your vernacular or how you speak or, or, or what you say when you go to him in prayer. Just be you. Right? If you're a person of a lot of words, <laughs> it may take you a while to pray because you speak a lot. That's what you do. That's who you are. That's how God created you. If you're a man of few words, don't feel like you've got to go to God and talk to him for an hour because you're not going to do it. And you're going to feel inadequate doing that. So I want you to get this, this father picture here. Uh, Jesus paints for them, first and foremost, this picture of, of our father. And, and I, I just have to liken it to this. It's a very special relationship like a father and a child. It's time, it's, a, it's an intimate one. It's to be loving, it's to be, you ready? Casual. I don't mean disrespectful, I mean casual. It's to, to have no barriers, you know. A little child in the presence of their father who, who wants to ask their father for something, a little child, right, not a teenager, but a little child, will not think in their mind, I wonder how I should word this to, to approach my dad about this, right? The little child doesn't do that. They just walk in and they ask for whatever they want. That's what they do. And whatever words they have, right? Give me. Hmm. That's what they do. Now, a teenager will think, how can I manipulate my parents to get what I want? So we're talking little child, all right? We're not there with the teenager yet. So it's this, this idea, a little child just walks in and says in the best language they have at that particular age and stage of life, Father, Mom, Dad, can I or will you or ask for something? Now, Jesus has a lot to say about prayer, but I just want to go to the Sermon on the Mount, five verses, pull out five things tonight. In Matthew 7, he says this in verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Now, if you've been around church any length of time, that's a very familiar passage. How many of y'all have read that before? Heard it before, right? How many of you fully understand that? Because it means ask, seek, knock. If you do it, you're going to, you know. And it's like, gosh, I, I mean, it sounds good. It's a bit, but what if, what if I don't get what I ask for? Or what if he says, you know. So it, it can be somewhat. But I want you to grab this. These verbs in there, ask, seek, and knock, they're present participles, okay? Jesus is basically saying keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. And after you do that, then go back and, and ask again and seek again and knock again. And after you do it that time, you know what you need to do? Keep on asking and keep on seeking and keep on knocking. That's what we need to do. That's what that passage is really saying there. It doesn't say ask one time or seek one time or knock one time. It's a present part of this. Keep on doing it. And I want to stop right here just for a minute and ask you, you ready? I'm going to ask you. Do you believe a God is a, is, is a God who keeps his word? You believe that? I do. So I think I heard most of you say yes. If he's a God that keeps his word, then I want you to look at the promises in that verse. Ask what will happen. Is that a promise? He said, I don't know. <laughs> Let me help you. It is. It says, seek and you will what? Knock and those are promises from God. Now you probably have, I hope, a few people in your life that are people of their word that when they promise you something, they 
They would rather die than not keep their promise. Do you know some people like that? I mean, they are people of their word. When they promise you, you can, get, you, you can go to the bank with it because they're going to keep that. There's other people, <laughs> we know, that it's like they promise something and you think, yeah, if that happens, I'll be really surprised. We're not talking about them. Because we have a God who makes us promises. And if he ever broke one of those promises, he would no longer be God. God is much more secure than that person you know of that tries to keep their promises and does. So if it's interesting here. I can be confident that God hears and answers my prayers because that's who he is and that's what he's promised to do. If I told you, if I, if I came up to you and said, look, this, this house across the street, if you'll go over and knock on the door, they're going to open the door and give you a million dollars. That's what's going to happen. And you, you would not go over to the house and knock Wait two seconds and go, well, I guess nobody's home. Is that what you would do? What would you do? Yeah, I'm like, hey, hey, anybody home? Hello, I'm out here. Hey, come under the door. I would just keep knocking. How about you? I would just, I mean, somebody's, come on, I'll knock for an hour. That's okay. I'm just going to knock. That's what I'm doing. And that's what Jesus was trying to get across. Ask, seek, knock, and then go back and ask again and seek and knock. Go after that. And that's what we would do. Look at verse 8. For everyone who asks, receives. That's another promise. And he who seeks, finds. I wonder what that is. Anybody have an idea? <laughs> Thank you. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. They're all promises again in verse 8. God says in 7, and then because we're hard-headed, and sometimes we don't get it, he repeats it in verse 8 again. And then he goes on, he gives an example. He says, for what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Now, I would hope the answer is obvious there, but I need to cover it anyway in case it's not. No one. I mean, your son asks for bread, you're getting him, here's a rock, son, chew on that for a little bit. I mean, if you're a good father, you're not going to do that, right? It's not going to happen. And then he says, or if he asks for a fish... We'll give him a serpent. Again, hopefully no one. I mean, and, and he's using this metaphor and this image of prayer like a father talking to a child. He said, when you pray, pray this. Our Father who art in heaven, right? Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. That relationship. And then he gets into this child, father-child relationship here. And the parent-child. And then he says this. <laughs> If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? I mean, there's that image again. And therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Now, he's talking about prayer here. Ask, seek, and knock. And then he's, he's elaborating on this for them. In that last part, we're going to, it's interesting to me. I really hadn't studied that before, so we're going to get into that. So in this passage, five things I want to pull out fairly quickly. I won't guarantee it. Uh, all right, for us tonight. And, and the intent is this, that as we look at this, how can I be confident in my prayer life? How can I uh, just feel so confident that, that, that I love going to prayer, that I want to go to prayer, that God's answering my prayers? That's what we want so hopefully that help, this helps you tonight. The first one is this. God promises to answer. I want you to get that tonight. God promises 
to answer. He says, keep on asking, keep on looking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking, and I will answer you. For anyone who asks, receive. Anyone who seeks, finds. And anyone who knocks, the door will be open. See, what's the difference between asking, seeking, and knocking? It's basically just three ways of, asking, of approaching the same thing, right? God, I need you. I need you to do something here. I need an answer. It's just three different ways of approaching it. If you look at the first letter of ask, seek, and knock, what does that spell? Help me out here. The first letter of ask, seek, and knock. <laughs> he's just saying the same thing three different ways. But what he's saying here is this. Proximity to your heavenly father makes a huge difference. The proximity to your heavenly father or our heavenly father makes a huge difference. So I want you to write this down. I'm not going to have time to go into detail on this aspect of it, but let me explain it this way. When I'm close to my father, I just ask. When I'm close to my father, I just ask. I just, I just, I'm right there. In other words, if I'm a little kid and I'm at home and my father's in the same room I, and I want something, I just ask him, hey, dad, I need this. Or, hey, dad, will you do this? Hey, dad, can I do this? I just ask because the proximity is really close. When I'm not very close to my father, I must seek. When I'm not very close, I have to seek him. When I'm a little distant, from God, when I'm not as close as I used to be, maybe I've drifted a little bit. I need to, to, to seek him. See, when, if my dad's not in the same room and I need something, what do I have to do? I gotta go find him. I, in order to ask him, I need to find him. I need to seek him. And when we're not close to our heavenly father, we must seek him. Now, understand what I'm saying here. I'm not saying God plays hide and seek with us, right? That, that, that we're going to him in prayer. It's like, gosh, he moved. Where is he? No, we're the ones that move, okay? But even when we're somewhat distant from God, he still wants us to seek him to answer our prayers. But I need to go after him and seek him. Uh, Psalm 66, 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And a lot of times we take that like, gosh, if there's, there's this gross sin or this sin in my life, this ugly sin in my life, which it's all ugly, Okay, I understand that. But uh, then, then God's not going to hear my prayers. Well, how does that work here? Because Jesus said, ask, seek, and knock. God hears us. It blocks that prayer life, though. It hinders that prayer life. It's, it's when we drift it away, and we think, right, this iniquity in our heart, uh, the Lord will not hear, and he's not because we're probably not going to go to him. He wants us to repent. He wants us to get right with him. He wants us to seek him, to, to establish that relationship back with the Heavenly Father, first and foremost, right? So, so I got sin in my life, which I'm harboring, and I know it's there, and I'm living in it, and there's no repentance, and I go to God and say, God, bless me. And he says, mm, wait a minute. <laughs> you need to take care of that sin first. Right? That's the, it's kind of like you're, you're, if your, parent, your, your kids are rebelling or, or not doing what you asked, but then come ask you for something, you're thinking, I don't think so. Right? Isaiah 59.2 says this, but your iniquities have separated you from God, from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. So we need to make sure that we're not harboring sin in our life, that we're not you know, asking God and seeking God and knocking after God and, and seeking something. And the Holy Spirit's just the whole time revealing to us that we need to repent of some things in our life. We need to make sure we've taken care of that. One more, 1 Peter 3.7, uh, in the relationship of husband and wives, 
Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Did you know, guys, that your relationship with your wife will hinder your prayers or, or, or separate that or give you a distance between God? The way we, we treat them, act to them, view them. So, so there are things that do hinder us. I get that. But what I'm throwing out is it shouldn't keep us from going to God in prayer. We, sh- we still should. We, could, we should seek him. And then when there's a barrier between me and my father, I knock. When my dad was in another room growing up or maybe in his office, right, I would go. And if I wanted him, <laughs> he told me, don't walk in. What did he tell me to do? He told me to knock. So I'd say, I would say, that makes a lot of sense. How do you say? So I would knock, <laughs> and Dad would say, who is it? I'd say, it's me, Dad. And what would he say? Usually. <laughs> yeah, I knew. Thank you, Doug, for that one. Go away. He would say, come in. Right? So if, even if there's a barrier, we still need to knock to go after God. There can be a lot of things that are there. So the, the point is this. To be confident in a prayer life is this. I ask, I seek, I knock. But it's that relationship with the Father. And understand it. Don't give up. I don't give up and knock on the door and Dad, you know, doesn't answer and I don't knock anymore. I know he's in there. I'm going to keep knocking. And I'm going to keep knocking. And I'm going to keep knocking. So it doesn't matter what the distance is. We're to ask, seek, and knock. That's what Jesus is teaching here. It doesn't matter whether you're close or far away. The very act of you asking is going to bring you closer to God. And let me cover this. Somebody told me last week, man, you didn't cover this. I'm getting there. It's a series, okay? I'm getting there. And that is we have to remember that God always keeps his promises. And that is he will always answer our prayer. But there's three answers to prayer. You ready? I got a place in there for him in your notes. There's Yes. Right? God will you? Yes. God can I? Yes. Whatever it is, there's yes. And then there's no. That is an answer. We don't like that answer sometimes. But that God promised to answer my prayers. He didn't say yes. No, he answered it and he said no. That is an answer. And then sometimes the answer is not right now. Say, God, will you, I really want to get married right now, God. And he says, not right now. Wait, God, I really would like to this in my life or, or to go here or do these things or God, I wish you'd bless me this way. Not right now. He's not saying no. He's not saying yes. He's saying not right now. But you keep asking, you keep knocking, you keep seeking, right? So you can be confident that God answers the prayer. Just know that sometimes the answer is not what we want to hear. Second thing, God will never give me anything that's unhelpful. Okay, look at verse 9. Jesus said, or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? I mean, there's, there's not a godly man among us that would do that. There's not a good father among us that would do that. It just, it just doesn't work that way. And get this, you're right. This is, this is what's called humor in the Bible. Okay, it's, it's Hebrew humor because it's humor by exaggeration is what it is. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? It's like, that's ridiculous. They would all laugh because <laughs> that was funny. That's what it is. Jesus had, he's got a lot of laugh lines in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, We don't pick it up a lot of times because we're not Hebrew, but they're in there. And this is one of them. It's it's a ridiculous statement if you think about it, isn't it? I mean, it really is. If you ask God for something, 
He'll never give you something that's unhelpful. Which means this. If I ask for something that's unhelpful to me, his answer is going to be, I can have confidence in that. Sometimes we wonder, should I pray for this or should I not? Have you ever, you ever wondered that? You ever, man, I just don't know. Would this be good for me or would it not? Would it be good for our family? Would it not? Would this be helpful or not? Would this, would this pull us away from God? If God were to bless us with whatever this is, you ever, you ever had those thoughts or just thought, man, you know, God, just, I, I'm going to ask, I'm going to seek, I'm going to knock, and, but I don't know. I'm not real confident because I don't know it would be good for me. I don't want to be helpful for me. Trust me, God will never give us anything that's unhelpful to us. So don't worry about it. Just ask. Seek and knock and be willing to take the answer no as, well, God, it must not have been good for me. Or you have a reason for that. It's just, he's a good God. He's a loving God. He's a loving father. He knows better what we need than we do as a father. He understands what what makes us tick. He knows what will make us happy. He knows what we were created for. And when we may ask or seek or knock for something that is unhelpful to us, he's not going to give that to us. Anything that would be unhelpful, he won't do it. So don't worry about that. And then God will never give me anything that could harm me. You see, Jesus takes it to a little deeper step here. Not just something that's unhelpful, but he will never give us something that will harm us. I mean, your, your child walks up and says, hey, dad, hey, mom, can I drink this poison? Hopefully you say, now they don't like that answer, but it's an answer, right? No, you can't. I mean, that's just, that's what we do. Why? Because it'll harm you. It'll kill you, it'll, right? Look at verse 10. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent, there's that humor again. That's, that's the exaggeration there. No parent, good parent, would exchange fish sticks for a snake. Right? I mean, we just wouldn't do that. Especially a poisonous one. It, it, it doesn't make sense. Do you understand? We have a Heavenly Father who loves us more than we love our kids. And who wants good for us more than we want it. And he wants us to have good things in our life more than we want to have them. And when we ask for something, it's not going to give us something that's going to harm us. So don't worry about asking for something that may harm you. And God's saying yes, because <laughs> he won't do it. It's just not going to be happen. Anything that could be incredibly destructive to our life, God will say no. And that's okay. So now... With that kind of confidence, I can go to God and I say, God, I'm not sure about this, but I'm going to ask and I'm going to seek and I'm going I'm to knock. And if you say no, I'm okay with that because I know it would be unhelpful or harmful to me or you have a reason for it. I'm okay with that, but I'm asking. Tell you tell me to quit asking. See, that gives me confidence when I don't know whether I should pray for that or not. Or did I say the right words or not? It gives me confidence knowing that he'll never give me anything that's unhelpful or harmful to me. And then fourthly, God will only give me what's best for me. Now don't miss that. That sounds real cute, wrapped up in a little point here. God will only give me what's best for me. Look at verse 11. If you then, being evil, now by the way, that's us, Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father, there's that relationship again, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? How much more can he give? Now, I'm not going to lie. I've given my, my kids some pretty good gifts through the years. Not lying. 
right? At least I thought they were. They may not have, but I thought, I mean, that's awesome. That's a great gift. You know, that's just, and I, and I read that and I think, <laughs> but that's nothing compared to what my heavenly father has given me and wants to give me. It gives me confidence, right? God, listen, God's not our butler. God's not our genie. God's not our vending machine. And God is certainly not our servant. We are his servant. You say, well, for his servant, why should I even ask? Because, because our father has told us to ask. He wants to give us good things. He wants to bless us. He wants to answer our prayer. He wants us to come and ask. And I've used this before, and so if you've heard it, give me some grace. It's not a, a biblical illustration, but it's just an illustration. I don't want to get to heaven one day and, and, and get shown where my mansion is, right? And walk into my mansion and walk through my mansion, and, and there's just one room in there where the door's shut. And I don't want to get there and open that door up, and it's full of stuff, full of things, and I think, man, what is all of this? And everything has my name on it. A tag, Robbie, 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 Robbie. And I asked God, I said, God, what's this room full of stuff? And he says, Robbie, that's all the things I wanted to give you while you were on earth, but you never asked me for it. You didn't seek me for it. You didn't knock. Now, I understand the illustration, right? That's not going to happen. But God wants to give us stuff, but we need to ask. We need to seek. We have to knock. Because he'll only give me what's best for me. But Jesus said, ask, seek, and knock. And then lastly, God wants to give, he wants me to give to others what I want to get. He wants me to give to others what I want to get. He said, I don't have a million dollars. Think a little broader than that, Okay. God wants me to give to others what I want to get myself. I don't know, it kind of sounds kind of like the golden rule, doesn't it? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's a great rule, but you understand the truth of that comes from the word of God. Because all truth comes from the word of God. They don't actually realize, people that quote the golden rule don't realize it's connected with prayer. Look at verse 12. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law of and the prophets. Now is a good verse to go study, dig deep into the law and the prophets. Right? Do also them for this is the law and the prophets. Now, just briefly tonight, that doesn't sound like it has anything to do with prayer, but it does. Has anybody ever come up to you and said, Hey, will you pray for me? Anybody ever do that? Hey, pray for me. And you instantly panic? You ever do that? <laughs> it's like, uh, sure, but I don't know what to pray for. You ever been there? Or God puts somebody in your heart? And says, hey, you need to pray for this person or pray for them or, or just, you know, I had it today. God just put somebody in my heart, just said, pray for them. And I'm thinking, I, I don't know what to pray for them. Been there? So what do you do? You pray for them what you want God to do for you. When you pray for somebody, just say, God, you know, I'd like some safety in my life, right? Some security in my life. I'd like some blessings in my life. Pray that for them. That's okay, isn't it? Say, Cody, man, I'm going to pray God's safety, God's protection, God's provision, right, uh, for you. Because that's what I want in my life. You, you pray for, for the financial blessing. If that's what you want in your life, you, you pray for health or for safety or for healing. 
pray for others what you want God to do in your life. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also for them, for this is the law and the prophets. If you want somebody to show you grace, guess what you need to pray for them? (laughs) Or show them. If you want somebody to, to extend forgiveness to you, you need to pray for forgiveness for them and you. Now, because of time, I can't go into that, but I'm, I encourage you, right? Go study that. Go look at it because it's really interesting. So tonight, how can we be confident in our prayer life? How, do I, how can I go to God and be a person with few words or a lot of words? How can I go and know that I'm saying the right thing or not saying the right thing, right? Do I have to speak in the King James language for God to hear me? You know, or no, you just be you. You just use how you talk. Just speak to him. Make it normal. Don't make it awkward, right? We make it, he's our heavenly father. If you're here tonight and you know Jesus Christ is your personal savior, he is our heavenly father. Just go talk to him like you would your father or somebody you're close to. Just go, go have this conversation. And let me reiterate, the, the prayer is not a speech where we just go talk and then we get up and walk off. Prayer is communication. It's, it's also listening. So God wants to answer, but sometimes we're not listening. Ask, seek, and knock. God promises to answer. He'll never give us anything unhelpful. He'll never har- give us anything harmful. He'll give us always what's best for us. And we're to pray, you know, what we want men to do or how they want to treat us or how we want God to move also for other people. That keeps us from being really, really selfish. That's what it does, all right? Bow your head with me. Let's pray. Father, we come tonight, and there's so much here, and and I've taken about 30 minutes just to hopefully whet an appetite, hopefully just encourage someone or or people here tonight, God, that, that we can go to you in confidence in prayer because you're our father and you love us and, and you created us. You know what's best for us. And we can come to you and not be afraid to ask, to seek, to knock, to, to praise, to be thankful. All the things we've talked about in the weeks. Uh, to, to come for breakthrough in our life. Uh, to, to go and see you move in such a way that we can only step back and say, hmm, that's God. That's you, Father. That's you working and moving. That's your power that's evident. God, I pray that we would be a people of prayer, that whatever our prayer life is right now, that we would step it up a notch, that we would uh, increase that. And it may not be in a time factor, I'm not saying that, but just the understanding, the confidence, the, the, the coming before you as our Heavenly Father, knowing that, that you, you're going to give us good things, you're going to bless us, you're going to uh, uh, say no at times for things in our life. Father, we just ask, we pray, we seek, we knock. We just come before you. And sometimes, Father, you just want us to be silent. Just to listen. Help us with that. So that we can hear you in our life. Thank you that you're never going to give us something harmful or unhelpful that you love us that much. So Father, I pray that we, as your people, (laughs) would understand that a powerful prayer life equals 
God's power in our life in an amazing way. Thank you for prayer, God. Thank you for prayer, Father. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.